Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast With your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. And it is a mock draft Tuesday for Jake Arians. He dropped his first ever mock on the draftnetwork.com. You guys can check that out. We will reference it here when talking about the AFC West. Uh, Excited, Jake, for you and dropping your first mock. Your initial reactions to everyone um, on social media, since I'm sure everyone agreed with you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mixed bag, as you could expect. Apparently, I'm not a Dolphins fan. I didn't think what I had to the Dolphins was bad, but anybody that's a Dolphins fan hated me. Uh, other than that, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. The only one I didn't really like was Kansas City. That one's tough. You could easily go defensive player there. Um, I put Cesar Ruiz, put center, replace the one lost. I think it's a smart play with defensive help. So you could have gone, but I felt pretty good about it. And uh, the, you know, mixed bag of reaction, of course, on love social media. I'm shocked that everybody on Twitter didn't get along with you about this, Jake. It's yeah. so unlike Twitter and specifically draft Twitter. Never. I did get one of her words a lot. The most I got was that's a very rational nation for most. And then like throughout was, I, was like, All right, I can live with that. I can live with it. If I, if I made my point and it was rational and it wasn't just New England trading up to seven to take Jordan Love, which is asinine then I'm good with that. I can live, I can live if I made a rational explanation for each guy. I'm cool. Yeah. Uh, you, you made a rational uh, version of this mock draft. You also gave, you know, just actual picks that make sense, which I know it's fun to have fun and pretend like New England's going to do something like Yeah, and I wanted to put love. like 15 trades in there. Of course, like we all do. But by the time I got to them, I, they need this player more than they need a trade as we were doing all these other divisions, I was like, they need to trade down. They could trade down. It's a good spot. But when you actually sit and write it and do it, it was really halfway. I knew Jacksonville was going to move on, on, on draft day. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that makes a lot of sense to Seattle. I don't think Seattle's going to get a better player there. If they don't get Clowney back, that would make sense. It's really the only trade I put in there. I could have had some other ones, but you're just throwing darts at the wall at that point. Which pretty much all a mock draft is, but I felt, pretty good about everybody having a pretty solid player. There's a lot of really good players. I'll tell you that going through and doing it down and giving you a couple sentences in my paragraph of each person. There's a lot of guys left over in the second round. I mean, the first 20 picks of the round are probably all still starters. That's a yeah. damn good draft. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good draft. And I think I speak for everybody in the sports community that just feels good to know that there's going to be something to watch that's new that we can Thank watch God. next week. Uh, we're today. watching this. It's going to be like doing a Zoom. We got all these people at home. I wait to see my dad on draft day trying to figure uh, out how this, how this works. Uh, Alone I, in his house with an IT guy. I hope that they have a dump button for the moment that Bruce Look, goes I can live. promise you he's going to be trying to figure out how this works, and you're going to see an IT guy walk in and push something off his screen. Thanks. I, I can see it happening now. It's, it's going to happen. I'm calling it. Yeah, I, I look forward to the Bruce Arians virtual experience. I look forward to seeing many coaches and GMs. I don't know if you guys saw Dave Gettleman on Twitter today, but it was yeah, with a postcard behind him. Fantastic. He's like no pads, just like so it, it's very, it was very, very funny. So I think I think everybody's excited for just anything new and also all of the home setups that we're gonna see for all the head coaches and GMs among the NFL. 
All right, guys, let's get before we off page. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. The, the draft is going to be interesting because we're still – when you're talking real football and real teams, we're still a long way away. So all this speculation of these trades we were just talking about and people want to trade up and people want to trade out and move on, it's still a long way. They're not even really calling it yet. Like, there might be some speculation stuff, but it's still too early to show your hand. So while we can do all this in the mock draft world, it's awesome. We can talk about it. In the real world of football, in these Zoom, you know, interviews that are being on, these guys aren't really even talking. They're still talking amongst themselves. Their boards are set. But the possibilities as they do in their own mocks of who moves around, they're not calling. They're not showing their hand. They're not waiting. So we're still a long way next week, and I can't wait. But I wanted to put out there, everybody, because you start seeing all this stuff floating around. Keep in mind, this is rumor mill central now. The teams are going to put out kind of stuff. Like, we've been hearing this Herbert to Miami thing over Tua. Miami oh, yeah. could have been putting that out for the last week. Who knows? Right? Smoke and, screen. And L.A. is going, okay, cool, I'll take Tua. But they got to be prepared to do something else because that's the best part about this is that poker face and that smoke screen that teams are putting out. So don't pay attention to a lot that you're reading right now. Because I'm telling you for a fact, it's too early for these teams to really start calling each other a ton. They might start putting some feelers out, but they're not making calls for actual moving up stuff yet. That's, that's why you got to listen to this podcast, right? You got to listen to the podcast. You got to understand that as much fun as we're having, there's a lot that's going to change between today, tomorrow, as, as, as soon as the, as, as the draft is going to be here, it's going to feel like for all those head coaches and GMs that it's a forever because there's so much that's going to change between then and now it just, that's how it is. And even on that Thursday night, like the butterfly effect of draft night is what makes it so exciting. I mean, it, it, it will be 30 minutes in and at some point, like, I don't think there's going to be much intrigue for picks one and two. But I mean, at that point, just one change changes everything. The Giants taking a tackle changes everything. The Giants taking Isaiah Simmons changes everything. The, or, you know, if, if Tua goes, someone trades up to number three that isn't Miami or LA and takes Tua, now what? I mean, so, I mean, there are so many things that, that change so quickly. You know, uh, what if somebody says, you know what? We're not even talking about, I'm not sitting back and waiting for a tier two wide receiver. I'm going to trade above wide receiver alley in that picks 11 through 15. And I'm going to go get me Jerry Judy or CD lamb before anybody else has the opportunity to then what happens? I mean, so, I mean, the butterfly effect of what's going to happen on draft night is always exciting. And we always think we know what we're talking about until you get that first pick that goes astray and then everything changes. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly what we're all rooting for, right? Yeah. That's listen, as long as, as long as the, the bucks have a good pick and the bears get a good pick in the second round, I'm good. But the first round I'm not in it. So chaos. Like, dial it all up. I want all the chaos. I want things to go awry. I want speculation to be – just because we think we know everything, and this happens every year. We think we, oh, we know this for certain, and we know that for certain, and we know – and there's no for certain unless you're sitting in the room with the head coach and the GM, and they're the only two people that are for certain about anything. And At their pick. At their pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Within 10 minutes of that. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. They're, they're certain that they're going to try and do insert A. And if that doesn't happen, then they got to try B. And if that doesn't, like, it's, it, it's, that's why we love it. I that I hope Vegas gets it back because I am going to miss the dude in the Bellagio Mountain and all these rumors that were going on. If that was true, like, I want Vegas, the draft, like, the draft yeah. as Vegas as Vegas gets because Nashville is pretty banging. 600,000 people in four days on, on Broadway was pretty awesome. But Nashville, like if they were really going to boat dudes out in the Bellagio Fountain to the stage, yeah. like I hope they get it back soon. I hope they can redo this because that would be – it would just be bananas. And then in the case fireworks of trades and everything gonna, else. They're going to bring it. So the, the sources that I have that know the Talk NFL, they have said that there is a 0% chance that the draft is not going to end up back in Vegas because – and I'm sure you're aware of a lot of this behind the scenes, Jake – there's so much legwork that goes into the dynamics between the city, the political aspects, the negotiating all these deals, all that, all that legwork is done. It's already ready to go. They're, they're, and, and by the way, 
Vegas has been hit very hard by what has happened with coronavirus. So don't you think that this isn't going to be something that Mark Davis, who is a very active and prominent owner in the NFL, isn't going to go back and go, we built you that stadium. We got you this new market. We're coming to Vegas. I just, as, as many conversations as I've had with people that are in the know within this situation, just about this draft, even of itself is I asked early on, I said, man, I can't imagine they're not going to go back to Vegas. And every single person has said, can you imagine the second round? If we got like a Geno Smith who has to wait and you get on a boat and plush. That's what I'm saying. I need need like the one dude left in the giant green room, the Vegas style. Like I'm all about that. Just be awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I need, I need Vegas to happen and it's going to happen because I saw that there, you know, we have Cleveland next year. Let's just, let's just let Cleveland be the following year or that year. If you want to go to Cleveland next year, cause it's all set up. There's a gap year between there and Kansas city feels like a prime opportunity to make that gap year of Vegas year. Right. So I, I think, I think one way or the other, we're going to get our, our Vegas NFL draft dreams, no matter what. Um, but we're going to move on here. We'll talk about the Las Vegas Raiders, but first we're going to kick things off with the Kansas city chiefs, the super bowl champs, right. And the winners of this division last year, Some notable additions, as we've done with each and every division here. This team adds Mike Remmers, Antonio Hamilton, Ricky Seals-Jones, DeAndre Washington. Some of their notable losses here, Xavier Williams, Kendall Fuller, Emmanuel Agba, Stefan Wojnowski, Jordan Lucas, Blake Bell, Reggie uh, Reggie Raglan. and, and listen, this was a team that won the Super Bowl, so it's not like they have to go out and make a ton of moves, but I expect them to make, obviously, some moves here, and they have a first-round pick, and we'll – obviously, Jake, you talked about uh, Ruiz being the guy you have mocked there. What is your overall thoughts on, on the Kansas City Chiefs and what they've done thus far? It got worse. I, I don't like you – know, you win the Super Bowl, you made your run, you got it, so you're going to lose some players, but – if I had to go back and do my mock again, I think I left Kenneth Murray off the first round. I would replace Cesar Ruiz with Kenneth Murray immediately. Um, just not really paying attention to the fact that Reggie Raglan was gone, who's been a solid linebacker for them. They need linebacker help. They need pass rush help. I had uh, Gross Mottos didn't go in the first in my mock. Kansas City was probably the hardest for me because they need a lot of stuff, but not a lot of in- – Center to me would be one of the most impactful things other than middle line, which they have had. I don't think there's any way to get there because we're talking about from Baltimore to Kansas City, there was a lot of trade down potential. Well, those teams don't really. I know Jamie, I'd let you hear what he has to say, but I can't, those last five picks of the first round are really going to stay put. I, I can see them being scared all over this. But I think they got work. They, they lost key pieces, which happened when you win the Super Bowl pretty much going to run it back with the same offense. That's good enough for me. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the big key here is that look, Kansas city has some room to drop to still be the best team in the AFC. Uh, you know, it's going to be t- between them and Baltimore, but look, they signed, could they re- tagged Chris Jones? I think that's, that was the, would have been a tremendous loss. And if they didn't have it, we, Jake talked about the big losses of Wisniewski and Reggie Ragland, some others pieces. They need some help in the secondary too, a cornerback. They're very thin. Uh, I think that could be a spot where they could add somebody the opposite of Trevavius Ward uh, at that 30, at that spot number 32 in the draft. That's where I had them taking Trevon Diggs out of Alabama in my mock. Uh, that's an option for them there. Uh, I think the, the sneaky signing that kind of went under the radar late, I, I feel like it was late last week, but it could have been earlier this week. All the days run together now since, you know, you're not, never yeah. outside anymore. Um, is that DeAndre Washington, because that allows them some flexibility and they don't have to go after one of those top running backs right away. Cause now that is, that is an interestingly deep running back room with Damian Williams coming back. They love Daryl Williams. Darwin Thompson's there, which was every like fancy football players like hero last off season. He was going to be the guy. Now you bring in DeAndre Washington who played very well in limited snaps when Josh Jacobs was injured in Oakland. So, I mean, now you have a room of four guys that are very capable of splitting up the carries in Andy Reid's offense, and it allows them to use their early picks on other positions. Maybe they bring in a running back, you know, on day three of the draft, but now they're not in a spot where I think that signing solidifies they are not taking DeAndre Swift at 32, which I know is a lot of people have had a mock there. I think that solidifies that they're going to either go with Ruiz, who I've seen, who Jake mocked, and I've seen some others mock him there as well, 
or go to improve either go linebacker or secondary in that spot, which I think would be a greater need for them this year. You talk about Super Bowl windows, and they're clearly very much still within one. They need some pieces there on that first-round pick. They need a piece that's going to help them immediately in 2020, and I don't think adding another running back to the mix is going to be what they, what's best for them. Yeah, Kendall Fuller was a big one to me. And yeah. in my mock, I had, a, I had a run, so the top four runners were on. Now they, they don't need safety help, so they need that corner. You're going to have a run on pass rush and your gross mottos, and you're going to get to that fifth pass passer. Had a run on corners in mine, so they were gone. I went with the center. I said, I, I would waste that with Kenneth Murray up again today. Uh, he definitely needs to go in the first, and they definitely need linebacker help. But that's a great point on Washington. I think he jumps right behind Damian Williams, pass catching back. And you know Andy Reid's going to use all of them. Damian Williams and happened in there like it hurt Jacobs a lot last year at times. Uh, he, he just catches it too well. But I think it's them on offense, just another weapon they can use. So, Jake, do you think the, the running backs that Jamie went through, do you think that's that room is enough for this team? Because a lot of Chiefs fans want a, a good back since there's a lot of them coming out of this draft. What the hell else could they ask for? Their damn back <laughs> should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl. Damian Williams, if healthy, is a stud. I think you have four of the same guy now, which I like. They can do a lot of different stuff. I don't think you have to do running back before round three. You have other needs, and those guys have to play. So whether you go linebacker, pass rusher, corner, I think you need to load up on the defense if you don't take the center. Uh, and then you could fill in maybe some veteran guys. But I like that running back room. All those guys are very similar. They all catch it well. They all run Andy's scheme well. But Damian Williams, if healthy, just proved he's one of the best in the league. He should have been the Super Bowl MVP. So if you're Kansas City and you want more than that, I don't know what the hell else to tell you. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in agreement with you. I think it's just – I think the excitement for Chiefs fans is knowing that there's quite a few backs coming out of here and maybe there's not a, a sexy one guy there that they all have kind of dialed them, themselves into, especially since Kareem Hunt has – By the way, you don't run the ball. Also so, like, that. You just added a great pass catching <laughs> back to a bunch of other guys that catch it well out of the backfield, but you yeah. run it like eight times a game. The hell you want to take Jonathan Taylor for? Yeah, you should probably just get some more wide receivers so Patrick Mahomes has more people to throw to. That's that's what I would be voting for. They need for to add one. I, I think they need to add a receiver. It's a deep draft to do that. But I think they definitely need to add one three in rounds three or four. All right, let's get some draft grades here, uh, some uh, post-free agency grades. Jamie, I'll let you go first. What are you giving the Chiefs? Um, I mean, they, they get they get a C-. minus. I mean, it is what it is. I, again, I like that they tagged Chris Jones, but they did lose some key pieces, which is we all, we all expected. Uh, have a chance here to add some pieces to the draft. But – like Jake said, you win the Super Bowl, you, you start paying some guys. They're gonna have, they're gonna lose some more guys after the Mahomes' new contract. Oh yeah. Uh, so it, it is what it is. I don't think it was a disastrous offseason. Those guys can be replaced, not to their fullest extent, but can replace enough to keep the Chiefs very well in Super Bowl contention. But wasn't an ideal. But again, I think they were okay. Like, and that's really all you can expect teams at that level to be at in free agent grades. Yeah, I'd give them a solid C. It wouldn't surprise me if for them to take future draft capital and move back up in this draft for some of these needs we're talking about. Well, you're talking about a team in a window that could go back-to-back. -back. You don't really care about next year's first-round pick or the year after that if you've got a chance <laughs> to do it. So you maybe trade next year's one to move back up and get back in the first and maybe have two first-round picks. So you go center linebacker and you fill two big needs because they're going to have to have guys on rookie contracts to be able to pay Patrick Mahomes. They're going to have oh, yeah. to let some veterans go. So replacing them now in this draft is going to be really important. So I could see them doing that, but I'd give them a solid C, but it's expected. I mean, I don't really know what else they could have done. Keeping Chris Jones was huge. Yeah, you can't, you can't really get an A when you win the Super Bowl because there's just no. not it's, – it's, it's hard. You don't have that many needs, and you don't have to make that many moves, and you usually got to move people because people that are up for contracts get more money because they just won a Super Bowl. So it's just – it's really hard to – if you're a team that wins a Super Bowl, don't be thinking we're being overcritical. This is just kind of the best you can no, do. No, you, you are the home of the greatest player on the planet who makes yeah. everybody else better, and you don't have to be great in any other position, really, because no. he's that damn good. Yeah, he's unbelievable. So hopefully you get another wide receiver so we can see some more ridiculous passing, just whatever honestly comes from Patrick Mahomes in another year of this offense and hopefully a, a hopeful year of health. All right, the second team in this division, the Denver Broncos, right? A team that uh, we liked a little bit more than everybody else. And I think they kind of proved us right in the second half of the season, right? Where first half of the season, they lost a lot of close games. Jamie, we always talk about the narratives that get written in the first half of the season so 
this is this is what they've done so far, right? They're, they're notable additions. They add Graham Glasgow. They add Melvin Gordon. They add A.J. Bouye. They add Jarrell Casey. They add Nick Vanette, Sam Martin, Jeff Driscoll. Uh, losses, Chris Harris, we knew that was coming. Joe Flacco, Connor McGovern, Will Parks. They uh, re-signed Shelby Harris, a big part of that defense. So, listen, they traded a seventh-round pick for Jarrell Casey. Right. Insane. I, I still can't believe that that's what the trade was that facilitated this. And oh, by the way, they have some pretty strong draft capital and they have a first rounder, a second rounder, one, two, three third rounders, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth and two sevenths. And that's after they got rid of one of their sevens. So listen, they got a lot of draft capital. Um, they got better as the season went on. They moved away and went in a direction of a different starting quarterback, right? They had their young guy. They moved, obviously moved on from Joe Flacco now. Jamie, your thoughts on, uh, on Denver? Because I kind of like what they've done so far. Yeah, I love the offseason they have. And one of the moves we didn't even talk about was them making sure they brought Justin Simmons back on the yeah. franchise tag, which I thought there was a really strong chance that he was going to get – uh, out in free agency, and that would have been a major loss for them. You got to like what they've done. Like, I, I know some people think that the Melvin Gordon signing was a little bit of a, a, like a luxury signing for them, but they're going to want to run the ball extremely effectively. Now they have a couple guys that can do it. Maybe Lindsay's out there on the trade block at some point for a team that maybe misses out on one of those top running backs. But then look, what does Vic Fangio want to do? He wants to run the ball and he wants to play defense with his young quarterback. And that's what they're going to be able to do. They knew they were going to lose Chris Harris. I think they, they got a pretty decent – uh, replacement for him and A.J. Boye. Uh, I really love that, that addition for them as well. Uh, I love Glasgow. We talked about him a lot when we talked about offensive line rankings of guys that are coming out in this free agent class. I, I think they did really, really good. And this is going to be a team to watch next year. They played really strong in the second half of the year. We saw Drew Locke take some strides. Let's see if he can do that again with a I, I hesitate to call it a full off season now, given the circumstances, but another off season, uh, knowing he's going to be this, the, the, the for sure starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Uh, I expect them to add either a receiver or other help on the offensive tackle with that pick in the first round. They're an interesting team that you're starting to hear some rumblings that they might try to trade up for one of those big uh, top four tackles. That would be interesting. If not, they could stay put and maybe get one of those top three receivers to add because they do need a compliment to Cortland Sutton. They're in a really strong position right now. The biggest knock against them is going to be the division they play in with a lot of other really strong teams. But I love what they've done this offseason. And I think the narrative around this Broncos team is so different now than it has been for the last couple of years. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I, I love I, – I don't know how you don't give him an A at this point. Philip Lindsay, I love, I love the player. I love what he's done in the past. But Royce Freeman was really the guy that I think could have been – even better, he's just a bigger, stronger guy. I think Philip Lindsay's in the risk of getting hurt. I think he's on the block. You keep Royce Freeman with Melvin Gordon. But the Jarrell Casey trade next to Shelby Harris, he re-signed, is awesome. Awesome. I mean, I, I love what they've done. Added, bolstered the offensive line. They do need another receiving option. I love the kid out of Penn State. I can never remember his name. Had the drops big time last year. But he's, I think he's going to be okay. Cortland Sutton proved he's a, he's a true star Yeah, he's a star drew lock played really well i mean i'd watch out for this team man i, I think i've got him taking cj henderson and taking the corner ahead of atlanta uh to add that in the first round i had javon kinlaw there originally uh but with that jarrell casey and, and shelby harris i don't think they need him i mean they already have their pass rushers they have their defensive tackles they have to add corner uh it makes the most sense to me adding aj boye was big and he's, but he's old and he he's, tends to get hurt. So I think they got to add another true, you know, man to man cover corner to play in that division. I mean, you got to, if you're going to compete, you got to compete with Kansas City, who's going to sling it. Uh, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or somebody else, they still got weapons in LA. They're going to sling it. And you, you got to cover whoever Oakland's putting out there. You know, they're taking a receiver early. So it makes, and it's, and it's Vic Fangio, right? A defensive head coach yeah. is going to take a defensive guy, bolster that defense. They'll get some receiver. Three third round picks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the, I give them an A minus an A. They got a chance to have an A plus with a good draft. I, mean, yeah, I love they, what they've done. Yeah, they're 15th overall, right? They're picking 15th, then they go 46th overall in the second round, then they have 77, 83, and 95 all in the third round, right? So that's that that's a pretty good haul that you're going to be able to walk away with after, after day two and, and look back and go, okay, this team has – kind of flipped the switch a little bit and is uh, and is underneath Vic Fangio and this leadership. Jamie, do you think they have the potential to I know it's it's way too early, but do you have they have the potential to after this draft maybe be a team that we're talking about to compete in this division? 
Well, I think they're a team that has the ability to compete for the postseason. I don't really think they're going to challenge Kansas. They'll challenge Kansas City on the field the two times they play them, but I don't think they're going to challenge Kansas City for the division title uh, when it's all said and done. But I do believe they're going to be a team we're talking about in wildcard contention throughout the season. Uh, I, I just I think they're really solid. A lot of it's going to be, does Drew Locke take that next step forward? Does he continue to progress like he did toward the end of the season? Do they have enough weapons around them? And do they stay healthy? All, all the normal caveats. But from a talent perspective and what's around this team and from what Vic Fangio wants to do, there's no reason they should get off to the poor start they did last year. And without that, they were a team we're going to be talking about for the playoffs this season. I would be – I think at this point it would be unlikely that they're out of the playoff race. I, I imagine they're going to be a wildcard team this year. I think it's 100% depends on the quarterback play. If Drew Locke plays like he did when he got in there last year or even takes a step forward, I expect them to be really, really good. The tight end, it plays. he was okay. If he plays better, they got weapons. Oh, yeah, I mean, that. I like them. I, this defense is going to be a mother. Chubb's coming off the ACL. Yep. So you still got Von Miller. You got Chubb. Kinlaw didn't – I don't have – he might end up going there. Somebody They might take him instead of a corner. But you throw Jarrell Casey in there with Harris, that defensive line is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm used to watching Vic coach defense. And he's going to dial it up, and it's going to be awesome. And, and Vic doesn't like to blitz. So no. those four guys – Yeah, it's that's, – I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a tough combination. Yeah, that's, it's going to be fun to watch that defense. So A's for, for Denver. We're feeling A's for yeah. giving them an A. A minus. And, a minus. All right, A minus. We'll move on to the Las Vegas. We already had one. Uh, we're going to Jake's. We're going to start keeping tabs on the dollars that we have to. That we have to. I don't know. We'll donate it or something. That Jake called the Oakland Raiders instead of the Las Vegas Raiders. So he owes us a already today's oh. podcast. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders notable additions: Nelson Aguilar, Demarius Randall, Carl Nassib, Jeff Heath, Malik Collins, Jason Witten, Corey Littleton, Marcus Mariota, Nick Kwiatkowski. Notable losses, Carl Joseph, Tahir Whitehead, Benson Moaya, DeAndre Washington, right? So they added quite a bit here. Some of it, I would argue, is not, not, not huge moves, right? Some more depth, potentially, especially like in Marcus uh, Mariota's case. Jake, I'll let you take this one first when you look at what they've done so far, knowing that they have two first-round picks. No second, but two first-round picks coming up in this draft. What do you like about what the, the Raiders have done thus far? The biggest thing for me was Corey Littleton and Kwiatkowski. You had linebackers that can tackle and cover, and Corey Littleton's probably the best cover linebacker in the NFL. Whether it's tight ends, backs out of the backfield, you have to have that in that division. Look who they're playing against. Uh, I thought those two additions were huge. Carl Nassib they got from the Bucks, who didn't really fit, is another end pass rusher, tall guy, high motor guy, is going to fit what they're doing. Um, I, I think they have to go receiver. I've got them taking rugs at 12. Um, and in the midst of a four receiver and a run, you know, row there, but in my really, I had him taking rugs. And if you read my uh, my analysis, was the ghost of Val Davis? They they can't not take the fastest guy in the draft, right? I mean, it's just like it just fits. Whether it's Las Vegas, Oakland, or L.A., whatever it is, it's still the Raiders just win, baby. Uh, but I love that pick. I, I think that would be a huge addition uh, to this offense. They want to run the ball. Josh Jacobs was awesome last year. They got to keep him healthy. I think they need to add some offensive line help. But if they add a weapon there, this young secondary, I've got, I've got him taking a corner uh, later on. Let's see which one. Yeah, I you am. got Christian Fulton out yeah, of Yeah, so I am with Christian Fulton as well. I don't know how you couldn't be happier in the first round with that, but they get the kid back from Mississippi State. Abrams, they got hurt last year in that first game. Safety that's just a headhunting monster that's going to bring that Raiders attitude. It's another team that's getting better. I like what they've done. Jamie, your thoughts overall here? Mariota is a very solid addition as a backup. Uh, I, I think it's absolutely worth, as we've talked about on the show before, with like Case Keenum in Cleveland and some of these other locations, making sure you have a viable option if your starting quarterback goes, quarterback goes down is needed, especially if you think you're going to be a playoff contender because you could see how quickly teams get derailed in those scenarios. So I really like those signings there. Uh, you know, the Nelson Aguilar one, eh, like, I, I don't, I don't love that. I mean, it's a one-year deal. There's no real risk to it, but I, I'm not sure he's even with the guys you have anything better than your fourth pass catching option. And I think you're going to add another one uh, with the 12th pick of the draft. I have them taking rugs as well. Uh, I think now the big focus is getting that receiver at 12 and bolstering the, the, your quarterback room. Like, I don't have Fulton lasting that long, so I'm taking Jeff Gladney in my mock. I think he'd be the – I mean, he would fit right into what John Gruden wants, his style, with the style that his team plays. I mean, he could be a Raider already. You know, a lot of people think that might be a little high for him. But 
I, I think to me at this point, addressing that number one receiver need, addressing some of the holes you have at cornerback, this is a team that's going to compete if they can stay healthy. I do think they should still bring in another veteran running back at some point. They might take one on, they might take a rookie on one day or two, but yeah. So if they, if they had a player like Gladney that really helps them fix that area that they need, I do think they need to bring in a veteran running back at some point. I know they might take one, uh, take a rookie on, on late date or probably day three at this point, because they don't have that second round pick, but they need someone just in case Josh Jacobs has another injury that they can give 15 carries a game. Like they were for like DeAndre Washington they brought in Jalen Rashard, but he's your pass catching third down kind of guy. He's not going to be the one you're going to give the ball 15 times between the tackles if something happens to him. So there's some other areas of this team that needs to be shored up, but overall it's been a really solid off season for them. And I really like what they've done on the defensive side of the ball. And if they nail these two first round picks this is what we've talked about. This vision from John Goon going back to the Khalil Mack trade. We still, we're not going to know the answers after this draft, but we're going to be, we'll have a few more pieces of the puzzle revealed to us and we get to see what the bigger picture is, but they are trending in the right direction. Yeah. And that's coming from the guy who just has demolished this Raiders team in the past. So Raider fans, Jamie is saying nice things about you. It might be time for you guys to let, let, you know, let up a little bit on, on the criticism of Jamie on social media. Uh, Jamie, you want to give them a draft letter grade here? Yeah, I, I think right now they, they get an A- minus as well. I love what they've done on the defensive side of the ball. And, I, I again, this could also be an A-plus depending on what they do in the first round. I mean, yeah. Those two top 20 picks, so it's going to be really interesting to see. Again, I think everybody thinks they're going receiver corner, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Who, who knows? There, there could always be – it's still John Gruden and Mike Mayock. There could always be a trick up their sleeve, and maybe they're more active than we think. Yeah, last year they gave us a little bit of a, a, a curveball early on, so they might be doing that again this year. I keep saying draft grade. It's because I've got only one thing on my mind, uh, clearly. Uh, Jake, free agency grade for this team. B-plus with a chance to be an A after the draft. I mean, look, if they get 80% of the production from this year's draft as they got out of last year's draft, they had another home run. I mean, they, they drafted their asses off last year. And it was not – if you're doing mock drafts, nobody had them taking who they took other than maybe Josh Jacobs with that last of the, their first-round picks. Um, I'd give them a solid B-plus with a chance to be a solid A for their offseason. I like what they've done. They really got better on defense. All right. Moving on to – it still feels wrong to say that the L.A. Chargers landed in last place, right? I just – as talented as that team was going in and the aspirations we had for them – uh, feels wrong saying the LA Chargers still, and it st- feels wrong going to this team last because they were the last place uh, team in this division. Let's go through the notable additions. Brian Balaga, right? A uh, big problem for this team, their offensive line. Brian Balaga, Chris Harris, Darius Jennings, Linval Joseph, Trey Turner, Nick Vigil, uh, uh, notable losses, Dylan Cantrell. Uh, Philip Rivers should obviously be mentioned at the top of this list. Jeremy Davis, Melvin Gordon, Adrian Phillips, Tremaine Pope, Derek Watt. Uh, obviously the trade for Russell Okun. They traded Russell Okun to Carolina for Trey Turner. That was one of the first things that they did. And at the end of the day, this organization for the first time in a long time isn't going to have Philip Rivers, uh, which is going to be very strange to get used to. Right. And that's, it's you gotta be are they gonna draft a quarterback are they gonna run it out with what they have right now there's a lot up in the air for this team right Jake who do you have who do you have in their mock here for for this team I can't oh you have Tua going in number six overall to the to the LA Chargers feed me this this is why Dolphins fans are pissed because you have them taking Herbert over Tua when they're both available at five and you have the Chargers coming back with Tua, I like the pick. I think it makes a ton of sense. What are your What are your thoughts on on what the what the Chargers have done, knowing that this is a team that's in a in a different spot for the first time in a long time? Yeah, I mean, I have some connections over there. So the people that I talk to, they're they're fine with Herbert or Tua. Uh, Miami, in my analysis, it just made a little bit more sense to take Herbert over Tua. I don't think Herbert does anything better. I just think he's safer. Then when they got three first round picks, then it's it's just. If Tua ends up being a Hall of Famer and Herbert ends up being Derek Carr that we talked about in the last show, just a really solid guy, I don't think that they really miss because Tua's chance of getting hurt again or not playing puts them back, way back. So I got him taking Herbert there. And then the the flip analysis of that is the Chargers don't pick this high very often. They're loaded. And the people that I talked to there said they're they're willing to risk it. So if Tua or Herbert are there, 
they're taking quarterback at six. So I don't think they play right away. I think they're fine with playing Tyrod Taylor right away. I think they got better, though. I mean, this Trey Turner trade was awesome. Losing Adrian Phillips hurts, but they got better. They, they added good players. Yes, they lost Phillip Rivers. They lost their longtime quarterback. Tyrod, I think if he can just cut down on the mistakes, they're going to run it well. They've got playmakers, but that defense is if healthy. With Derwin James back, man, they could be really, really, really good. on. And then Limbaugh Joseph, adding Limbaugh Joseph to that defensive line, the, the pro, where you could hit them was right up the gut because you had those edge guys coming every single play. You can't do that Limbaugh Joseph there now. Like that run-stopping plug is in the middle. I think that was a huge addition. I like what they've done. If they, the quarterback turn, doesn't turn it over that much, they're going to be right there. This team is super, super talented. I don't think the young guy has to play. So if it is Tua, he didn't have to play year one anyway. Yeah, look, that, that defense is elite. And look, the thing you said there, which has been the key for the Chargers for several years now, is if healthy. Uh, that, has been, that has been their bugaboo uh, for a number of years. More so, I mean, it's, a, it's an issue for every team, but it's been a, an especially issue uh, for the L.A. Chargers. Look, they're set up to be in a really good spot. Uh, they have depth all over the place. You know, bringing in Chris Harris at, at cornerback when you already have Desmond King, when you already got other guys there. Like, they're in a really, really strong spot there on that side of the ball. Uh, Austin Eckler, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, Austin Eckler, we all believe in the talent, but he is going to be the clear guy for 16 games. So I want to see him hold up to that kind of workload, see if they mix in Justin Jackson, maybe a day two guy. Uh, I've seen Jonathan Taylor mock there a bunch in the second round. That would be extremely interesting. I do think that is an area they need to address. Maybe not in round two if they feel that price is too rich, but they do need to address uh, a complimentary back to be there aside from Justin Jackson as well. But Tyrod Taylor's right now set up for the, what the Cleveland Browns did a couple years ago with Baker Mayfield. He's going to be their starter on day one. And depending on how long they need, if it's Herbert, you know, I imagine it's probably going to be more like midseason. If it's Tua, then it's all going to be medical-based uh, until when he's able to play. And he might even just redshirt this year, which, by the way, is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no need to rush these guys. It's actually Especially probably the best thing for him to sit yeah. the whole year and get better. So they're in a really, really strong position right now. And look, now imagine them adding their franchise quarterback and then a potential compliment to Austin Eckler in round two. And look at look just all the playmakers on this team. You add uh, the Keenan Allens and Mike Williamses of the world. Hunter Henry's coming back. And uh, you you two major upgrades on your offensive line with Bulaga and Trey Turner. Yeah, I just don't know. you got you got to love the way this team has come out. I give them – Hey, <laughs> <laughs> where'd you steal my coffee mug from? <laughs> look, at, look at look at Jamie pulling out the props like ass. Listen, I think this is this is a team we. I feel like we are like a pseudo fan of this team, right? We we all like this team. We all like the roster a lot. We all like Philip Rivers a lot. This team's gonna look a lot different, obviously, as we talked about, but. They have, the, they have the chance to be one of those teams that could mess around with that worst to first, right, where, where they're going and, and they could end up competing here. Because that, that team, when they were playing at their best and, and two years ago, I remember this team in Kansas City really battling down the stretch. And it was fun, right? And you remember this team going in there and winning a game in Kansas City, which is nearly never happens, right? So I don't know. I'm excited to watch this team, but their biggest issue is a wild card health. How do we predict that that's going to be okay? It's really every team in the NFL deals with a lot. This team deals with more. I've talked it like jokingly said they should check whatever water that they serve at the training facility because it's, it's, it's an issue for this team and they, they have to stay healthy if they want to compete. So you're giving them an A, Jake, you're giving them an A as well. Yes, I'm giving them an A as well. I mean, look, part of the health is they're renting office space from a friend of mine's dad in Thousand Oaks and they're not even at a high school practice field. Like, they built a grass field behind it. That was their complex. And then they're playing in that freaking soccer stadium that's in a weight. Yeah. Like, I, we're all fans of them because they're so damn talented. We want to see them healthy for a season Yeah. and get out there and put – now, with Kansas City, I'd, I'd still pick them to be right there in the division. I just don't think they have the firepower with Tyrod Taylor to be able to put up a 35-point game against Kansas City like they did with Phillip Rivers, like two years ago with Phillip Rivers. Yeah. yeah. If they can run it really well, and that defense is – healthy and firing all cylinders they might not have to but with Kansas City they prove they can come back from anything in the playoffs this year you can't really hold them down long enough so the only thing is I don't know that they have enough firepower to really get in a shootout but if they're healthy man, I'd love to see this team healthy and get our I love Anthony Lynn classy guy solid yeah, really. coach I love what he's done and hopefully they get all that addressed that they're playing in a, in a new stadium 
Did they have the complex issues? I mean, really, what they've been through the last three or four years has been absolutely – it's atrocious for an NFL team to have to have played where they played, practiced where they practiced, and been through the crap that they've been through, and being as talented as they were. It, it really was it's just – atrocious what they've been through so I hope they can stay healthy and put a really solid team on the field because I think they're gonna be a lot of fun to watch yeah it's just unfortunate right it's unfortunate that a team any team really but a, specifically that team with all the talent that they had was was stuck moving and and being in the situation that they're in because it's it's not fun and we've talked about how we're all excited to see a revitalized Philip Rivers because Indianapolis is going to be such a different situation than what he's been dealing with so I hope for this team uh, they start to build um, some fun and, and get that LA market to dial in because the other team that plays in in that city might not be looking so hot. So I think it might be an LA Chargers city here sooner rather than later because we all know LA likes what's likes what's good and they're not going to be liking the I can't remember what they were calling Sean McVay, but they had, it was like Wonder Boy or something like that the two years ago when they were winning and everybody was all dialed in. We'll see what, what everybody thinks this year. When How did we let a two lot podcasts different. go by without talking about the Brandon Cooks trade, by the way? Oh, oh yes, yeah. What yes. the hell is Houston doing? Um, I, your like, guess he is may as good never as play again, dude. Like, he may never play again with concussions, and you just took on his $17 million deal. Like, the Rams are like, the hell with it. Kroenke's got enough money. He's like, we're going to pay $36 million for guys that aren't even playing for us, but we got rid of them. We got rid of their contracts. Move on. Brandon Cooks, at healthy, without all the concussions last year, really solid player. But how do you take on that contract and add him to that team? And now you don't have – you have nothing. You have no draft picks. Like, what are you doing? I have I, – No idea. No idea. I, I really struggle with, with what is happening in Houston because I just it, – it's it, – with Deshaun Watson being there, it just seems like, man, what a waste. Like, it's just – uh, especially as a Bears fan, it's really hard to swallow <laughs> that that was the that that was the pick mm. that I wanted there at the time, and it seemed like the 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 I've, as I've said many times, I can live with the Mahomes stuff, I can't live with the Deshaun Watson stuff. Uh, so it's it makes it even more tough to watch, especially good on the Rams for being able to facilitate a trade because I didn't think there was going to be any way they were both of them. Cooks. Yeah, there's no way mm. I didn't I didn't think they'd be able to move. Yeah, I didn't think they'd be able to move on from any of the stuff that they have. But they still – they got a lot of money they're paying uh, for, for – A lot of money. And it's a lot of dead money. It's like they're taking a yeah. cap hit. But they, they now have the ability that Jamie and I talked about when we did their show. They had – they were stuck. They had no ability to move forward. Now they can. They can absorb some of that, and, and they're not going to be able to do it right away. Yeah. But they can do it with draft capital. They can get back in, which they didn't have any. Mm -hmm. They can now add some players back in and still be able to compete because they got rid of both of those contracts. Now they're going to linger for a little bit, but if they had both players, they're really stuck. I, mean, yeah. I, I think it was a great job of them being able to move on, but I, I, we had to mention that because that Houston. Oh, yeah. Was, like, what? Yeah. yeah. There's the, the only explanation is what Jake just did, right? It's just, there's a lot of question marks about what the hell Bill O'Brien's doing. Um, I, by the way, he plays the same position as Will Fuller. So like, which, who's it's your, also that. Well, Fuller's not gonna be on the field for 10 of the 16 games. So it's Neither fine. Brandon cooks. Well, they can all, they're gonna alternate <laughs> Maybe they can alternate. the same position. Like we'll play eight. four, you play four, I'll play yeah. four, you play four. Yeah. Oh man. I don't get it. Uh, no one does. And the, the the gift that keeps on giving is Bill O'Brien because man the internet has been excellent to watch when some of this stuff is going down. I usually I usually am like oh man that's too hard. Now there's no sports on. I'm like living for these moments. I'm like yes please do something stupid. He's got nothing left to give now though. No, no now it's ahead. done. Now it's well, done. One one little teaser for our show later in the week where we're doing uh, NFC West. Yes, because uh, we're gonna keep sticking on the Rams topic for a second. Uh, no, interesting name in for uh, fantasy football for deep, deep drafts, maybe last pick, last couple of picks is Josh Reynolds now. Okay. Uh, did, a, did a little bit of a deep dive. when Over the last two years, when either Cooper Cup or Brandon Cooks haven't played in a full PPR league, Reynolds is averaging about 11 fantasy points a game uh, in that format. So someone to kind of keep an eye on now because he's going to be leaned on for a little bit heavier role this year. He's going to be on the field a lot, even if they do run both tight ends out. Even if they, I should say, even if they run Everett out uh, wide with Higby inside a little bit more. I still think Josh Reynolds is going to get some opportunities 
that's a good little late round flyer that kind of opens up now with Cooks yeah. in the picture in LA. I, I love that one. Check on something before the show, Jamie. Look at Gerald Everett's production when Reynolds was having good games. I'm pretty sure it bottomed out. Yeah. People thought they were going to go Everett and Reynolds had the big games. That'd be an interesting thing to throw out there with it. Yeah, I think the only game where they both had a ton of success was that Monday night game with all the points. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the, yeah, like the immediately following Cooper Cup's ACL injury. Was it, Monday night, was it, the, it was the Chiefs, right? Yeah, it was that 56-60 yeah, to 60 game. Or it was so yeah, dumb. I think that was the only game where both guys produced at a high level. Uh, but I'll double check on that before our show. All right. A little teaser for upcoming on Thursday's show. You'll get NFC West preview and that'll or post free agency and that'll end uh end everything ahead of draft week. So next next week we'll have some prop bets. We're gonna have some mock draft conversation. I have a, a couple of tricks up my sleeve that I haven't told the guys yet. So it's right, it's boy. gonna be it's gonna be a fun it's gonna be a fun week ahead of uh, ahead of the draft. Uh, Jamie, got some thoughts? fun draft tickets. I'm sitting on player props right now. Ooh, that are, that I love it. Pretty interesting at pretty good odds. So uh, I'm excited to talk about those next week. I'm I'm excited for the. It's like part. It's weird. It's uh you know my final thoughts because I cut you off halfway through. Sorry, Paige. Uh, I'm excited for the draft, but it's also have you ever had the feeling of like you're halfway through a vacation and you're excited to be doing the things that you're doing, but on the back of your mind, you know, eh, in a couple of days, this is going to be over and I'm yep. going to be sad again. It's kind of what I feel like with the draft. Like I, I'm excited for it, but like, I'm afraid just given the circumstances that I don't want it to end. And then we're going to be sitting here probably for the entire month of May with no sports and maybe even into June. And I'd be like, uh, so there's a little bit of that dread coming, but I, I am very much looking forward to at least the, the three day escape that the draft's going to provide. That was a, a perfect analogy for, for how I'm going to feel because I've, I've thought to myself, man, you know, it'd be really nice if they could just push it back like two weeks, you know, like just or give us a day or just, <laughs> yeah, just do the whole round a day thing. Just give me a whole week of this extravaganza, right? Like I just extend this out a little bit longer. Now they're going to keep, keep what they're doing. Jake, uh, final thoughts here. Speaking of the draft, I think there's going to be some player trades, player four picks. Mm, we don't see a lot of, but I think there's probably four or five guys that could be traded for draft capital. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. I think with this quarterback market this year and this offseason, these monster names trading teams, you're not going to have the stigma of them not trading players for draft capital. We haven't seen a lot of really in the three, but probably four or five guys that are getting traded for draft capital on draft day. It's going to be really interesting. It's going to add a whole other mixture there that they're not just trading for quarterbacks. These tackles are going to breed premiums as well. Uh, but these corners could be premiums. These, these pass rushers, as we get into that, like that last five, six, seven of the draft of the first round, I think you're going to see some actual guys get traded for picks, which you won't normally see it. That's going to be exciting as well. Yeah, that's, that will be exciting if we get that many uh, different opportunities to see, to see trades happen. Uh, my final thoughts are stop tweeting at me that you think your team is going to trade back. Not all the teams can trade back. Every single person that, that tweets at me about a mock draft, it's like I get the same criticism. Why can't my team move back? Because not every team can move back. It's not possible. There's not that many want to move up. Yeah. Who people move? That's the thing. I, 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 I've thought about this and why I've kind of done the mocks with no trades. Like, look, the, the Lions could move out at three. We've talked about that ad nauseum. You know, the Titans look like a team that could move just because of they don't see a necessary need there. But the reality is, is who, who are we trading up for? Which I, I guess somebody could fall. There's always that guy. Always, usually, for sure. Somebody just starts falling because of just there's not a positional need. But a lot of times that's a quarterback. And maybe Indianapolis trades back into the back end for, for love. But I just I don't see who the guy that's falling, unless we have another like Laramie Tunsil video gate before, before one of these things. You catch him on Zoom too early or something like that. Like, I, I don't see the uh, – like the, the prime, the prime group of this class are the tackles, the receivers, and the three quarterbacks. Yep. We know where they're going. Those guys aren't going to fall. The, those are the ones the guys or teams are trading up for. Like I don't, we're not talking about any of those players outside the first half of the first round. They're gone. Period. End of story. So I don't know who that fall is. Is is it Kinlaw? Maybe if the Jags don't take him at nine and the Falcons go corner, maybe he's a, a faller. But. I don't see that obvious name where like, oh, okay, we're, we're waiting for teams to trade back in the first round for these quarterbacks. Teams aren't trading in for Fromm or Eason or any of the other quarterbacks in that spot. Love's the only possibility there. Teams aren't trading up for a running back. 
Uh, I can't imagine any of the big three receivers fall. And at that point, you know, do you have major difference in grades between Jefferson and Mims and Ayuk and Higgins and all of these guys? Like, I just, I don't see the obvious, oh man, this is a guy that could fall because of medicals or like two is not falling. Like, so, so who no. is, I, I still, I don't see what that answer is going to be. Yeah, like Zach Baum had a, uh, a diluted sample that he just yeah. put out from the combine. So he's, he's not, I didn't have him as a first rounder anyway. But he was late I, first at best. You right. Know? So I, I don't have Jordan Love in my first round. But I said those last five or six, all those teams can move back. San Francisco doesn't necessarily need that second one. They can move back, get even more capital, pick up a less expensive on the cap player that still fits what they want to do. Kansas City could move that. Somebody could jump back in and, and take love there. Yeah. Uh, somebody could jump in and take one of those running backs before they get to day two. I mean, if Jonathan Taylor's being mocked to the LA Chargers in day two, and Kansas City wants to move back eight or nine spots into round two and probably still get that center that I had a mocked at, and somebody jumps up and, and ahead of them and they take Jonathan Haylard with that last pick of the first round. I think you're going to see a bunch of that, that kind of stuff. But it's not – it's really those last five or six picks. I mean, I had Dallas potentially could move down. Miami's middle pick, they could actually move down. But yeah. I can't see a lot of people wanting to move into the mid-teens. There's just too many players at too many positions that are lumped in the same overall yeah. rating category that too many teams are going to be happy to have one of. Of course. And everybody, as the Miami Dolphins fans have found out, yeah, you guys all want one of the top four tackles. Yeah, everybody wants those four guys. Like all the teams would be happy to jump in and take one of those guys. If so I'm getting blasted for the Miami picks, I don't like where they're at. No. It's, Their picks are yeah. kind of kind of weird. Five is like, you know they're and, taking a quarterback. It's yeah. and, like They're spread out. I don't know. I, I don't look you, you you're reaching for a tackle at that second pick if you're Miami. Like that's, yeah. if you're not going to take one of the top four and you, you're, you're helping take a tackle, you're re like, I, I like Josh Jones, but that's a reach. And that's fine. If you think you could develop him in, in, into a starting tackle, I get it, but that's you a reach need, there. Yeah. You don't need to though. You got two second round picks. Like just like, let the draft fall to yeah, you. Take one of the kid from SC or the kid from TCU. Yeah. Or, I mean, you're Austin Jackson. Or, yeah. Uh, I mean, dang. Yeah. I don't understand the, uh, the vitriol. I, I think, I think Miami fans will be pissed no matter what happens. But I really hope, I really hope Justin Herbert goes to Miami. I need it. I need it so bad. I need to see all the fans losing their minds because they've been tanking for Tua for 12 months, and then it ends up not happening. I just – Be careful that, what you wish that's for. What, that's, that's what I need. Yeah, be careful what you wish for is right. Uh, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? As they all know, Jake B. Arians on Twitter. <laughs> Hit me up. Let me know what you think of the, the uh, mock. Uh, Jamie, how can everybody follow you? You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and send all your hate mail to at Jake B. Arians. <laughs> and you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I. You can follow the Draft Network at the Draft Network, and you can check out Jake's latest mock on the draftnetwork.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.